Good to see everybody out this morning. Good morning. We'll be going over question 45 this morning in the Baptist Catechism. We'll be transitioning now, starting to talk about today the duty which God requires of man and going into the Ten Commandments and the law, and we'll spend quite a bit of time here, probably a few months. If you would, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5, and let's look at a couple verses before we read our question. The law, what God has given to man, that he demands we obey it, to trust and obey, for there's no other way. We're required to obey his revealed will to us. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 32 and 33. You shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you that you may live and that it may be well with you and that ye may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. A blessing and a curse from the law if you do it or if you do it not. Luke chapter 10, let's look at a couple verses there as well. Jesus echoes this same thing. Luke chapter 10, let's look at verses 25 through 28. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? His question is, what do I have to do? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto them, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. The law, in order to obtain eternal life, demands absolute perfection. Our question this morning is, what is the duty which God requires of man? Our answer is, the duty which God requires of man is obedience to his revealed will. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. We pray that you'd open our eyes, Lord, to this great truth that you are the lawgiver and it is our responsibility as your children, even those who are not your children, dear God, who or of that other seed, Father, we're still required to obey the laws of our Creator. And without your help, Lord, we know us as Christians that we can't do it in the flesh. We need your Spirit to accomplish these things, Lord. We pray that you'd help us this morning, Lord. Give us great understanding of this, Lord, that what you have done to redeem us from the curse of this law, Father. In Christ's name we do pray and ask it. Amen. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Let's start there this morning. The prophet Micah. Micah 
always a hard book to find. <laughs> Y'all probably gonna get there before I do. Right after Jonah. Here we are. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Very familiar passage. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Deuteronomy chapter 10, I'll read it for you. Verse 12 and 13 says, And now Israel... What doeth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you this day for thy good. Jesus said how many times in the New Testament, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, which one of us in here can say that we do that? Martin Luther said this. He said, obviously, I must hate God because I do not keep his commandments. What shall I do? That was the turning point in Martin Luther's life to where God revealed grace to him. James 5, if you turn there. I'm sorry, Matthew 5. Jimmy was preaching out of this the other day. I wanted y'all to see something in here. Look at verses 17 through 20. And Jesus says here, he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. Not in the aspect that the law is done away with. Because he said previously in this same passage, you have heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say that if you even have a thought of it in your mind, you're guilty of it. He brought the law to another level that no one could keep. Verse 18, for verily, verily, I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot, or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. I know the Bible says that we are not under law, that we are under grace, but this law is still binding. It's there. We cannot get away from it. There's many different schools of thought today now. You've heard the term possibly called antinomianism. Antinomianism means that the law is done away with, that we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's all grace, free grace. That's the falsehood. The law is still binding. There's another term that you may have heard called neonomianism. Neonomianism saying that Jesus came and because what he did now, the law is easier for us to keep now. So we get graded on a curve possibly now. 
That's also a falsehood. And then, of course, most of you understand this legalism. Most of you have come out of those churches that you have to perfectly keep the law in order to be justified before God, which is also a fallacy. The law is binding. The law has to be accomplished, and there's only one that did it. And if you put your faith in that one, you are righteous because of what he did. James chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one part, he is guilty of all. That tears a neo-nomian. <laughs> I'm sorry. A neo-nomianism apart right there. He then made it easy. You've got to keep the whole thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's look there. The writer of Ecclesiastes referred to himself as the preacher. The last verse in this book. And this was his conclusion. Start verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Everything that we say, everything that we do, every thought that we've ever had will be brought into judgment. The question I asked you this morning is, will you stand accountable or will your mediator stand accountable for you? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, Paul says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Not just the wicked. All. We must all stand. While you're in the book of Ecclesiastes, turn to chapter 3. And we'll see some things that the preacher said here. Chapter 3, let's look at verses 14 and 15. We'll see here that the law has not changed. It's still binding. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which has been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. There's no way out of this. I honestly look at myself daily. I'm the one that looks in that mirror. And I can tell you right now, the biggest part, the biggest problem of my Christianity and walking and trusting and obeying is me. I'm at fault. I have broken your wall. Every day in word and deed and in thought. 
As Paul said in Romans 7, who will save me from this body of sin? Ecclesiastes chapter 8, if you turn there. One more verse in Ecclesiastes. Verse 5. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Proverbs, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says right here that a man discerneth both time and judgment, knowing that a day of judgment will be here to come. That we will have to give an account. Psalm 119, if you turn there. Just one verse, verse 4. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Diligently. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, not haphazardly. Deuteronomy 4.13, I read it, it says, He declared unto you His covenant which He commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and He wrote them upon two tables of stone. Romans chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, I read as well, For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Sounds a whole lot like James. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. But what about grace, Brother Chris? You're kind of getting hard on us this morning. I want you to see how expensive grace is what the Lord Jesus Christ paid to save you from your rebel ways, from my rebel ways. Proverbs 19, while we're in the book of, we're close to it here in Psalms. Speaks of the law of the Lord here. Go through a number of verses. Look at verse 3. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Verse 5. A fault witness shall not go unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Everything will come into judgment. Verse 9. A false witness shall not go unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Verse 11, the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. There's a lot of law in here that is kept and that is not kept. Verse 16, 
He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his way shall die. Verse 20, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. In thy latter end. That day of judgment. Jimmy spoke last week about bridling the tongue. Oh my goodness. Woe is me. Verse 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied, and he shall not be visited with evil. Verse 29. Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. Psalm 19, if you turn there. I won't be much longer this morning. What a great distance there is between what God requires of us and what we actually perform. It seems by application that I act like a neo-nomian. Somehow or another, I think that if I keep some of them, I'm okay, but not all of them. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warmed, and in keeping them there is great reward. Beautiful psalm, but if you'd ask yourself a true question, how well do I do this? I'm reminded of that passage in the Old Testament when the king took the utensils from God's house and he partied and he drank wine in it in his pagan ritual and a finger appeared and it was written on the wall and it says that you have been measured and found wanting. When I look at this law I can honestly say that for myself. I have been measured and I have been found wanting. Luke chapter 18. We'll finish here this morning. Trust me, I'm not beating up on you this morning. I'm beating myself. That's normally how the sermon comes. The Lord chastens the preacher first. 
Luke 18, let's look at verses 18 through 27. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This man's wanting, wanting to know what he has to do. And Jesus gives the man an honest answer. He couldn't do it, but it is an honest answer. And Jesus said to him, Why callest me thou good? None is good save one that is God. By that one statement right there, the man couldn't accomplish it because there's only one good, and that's God, not this one. Knowest thou the commandments? Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto them, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw this, he was very sorrowful. He said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of heaven? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And I read all that to read these next couple verses. And they that heard it said, then who can be saved? And this is the truth here, my friends. The scripture teaches us by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his presence. We cannot keep the law in order to be saved. There's too great a distance between us and what God requires. And this is what Jesus said. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. One did come and kept the law. And those who put their faith in him and his finished work will be made righteous by his law keeping and not ours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We, we thank you that you did send the Lord Jesus Christ perfect man without spot or blemish he had no sin but he took upon sin that we might be the righteousness of God through him Lord do do help us father I, I do not wish to go through this life and say hey I don't have to keep the law because Jesus did it for me I want to keep your law God I don't want to bring shame to your name when I fall in front of people and I say things I shouldn't say and I do things I shouldn't do please give me strength give us all strength for that Lord help us in Christ's name we do pray and ask it Amen, Amen.